What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for being a listener of the Elective Rotation, a critical care and hospital pharmacy podcast. This is episode 859. In this episode, I'll discuss the Society of Critical Care Medicine's Rapid Sequence Intubation Guidelines. I have all the evidence supporting today's show linked up in the show notes at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 859. The Society of Critical Care Medicine recently published clinical practice guidelines for rapid sequence intubation in the critically ill adult patient. While any pharmacist that works in a critical care setting should take the time to read these new guidelines, there are three aspects that I'd like to highlight. First, the guidelines give a conditional recommendation in support of delayed sequence intubation, although they refer to it as medication-assisted pre-oxygenation. Delayed sequence intubation or medication-assisted pre-oxygenation is essentially treating the pre-oxygenation period as a procedure that requires sedation for the patient to tolerate. This is usually accomplished by giving dissociative sedation with ketamine so the patient can receive pre-oxygenation followed immediately by the rest of a typical rapid sequence intubation process. Many clinicians have supported this technique for use in select agitated patients who cannot comply with standard pre-oxygenation, most notably Scott Weingart of MCRIT.org. I have discussed evidence that supports this technique most recently in episode 816, the show notes for which is at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 816. The guideline suggestion is as follows. We suggest using medication-assisted pre-oxygenation to improve pre-oxygenation in patients undergoing rapid sequence intubation who are not able to tolerate a face mask, positive pressure ventilation, or high flow because of agitation, delirium, or combative behavior. Second, in critically ill adults who receive a tominate for induction during RSI, the guideline authors come out against giving steroids out of concern for adrenal insufficiency. Whether or not a tominate-induced adrenal enzyme inhibition is clinically significant has been debated by clinicians for many years. However, the guideline authors conclude there is a lack of evidence that a tominate is any different than other induction agents when it comes to mortality rates or rates of hypotension or vasopressor use in the peri-intubation period. For this reason, the authors also suggest not giving corticosteroids for the purpose of countering adrenal suppression from atomidate. And third, the guideline authors take a stand on the use of a neuromuscular blocking agent in RSI. This too has been a matter of debate among clinicians for a long time, with those that prefer using a neuromuscular blocker to have the highest first-pass success rate, and those that fear that muscle relaxation will cause them to not be able to recover from a scenario in which a secure airway is not able to be placed right away. The authors examined five trials and concluded that neuromuscular blocker use offers the best chance of first-pass success with few associated complications. The recommendation is the only strong recommendation made in the guidelines, and it reads as follows. We recommend administering a neuromuscular blocking agent when a sedative hypnotic induction agent is used for intubation. To access my free download area with 20 different resources to help you in your practice, go to pharmacyjoe.com slash free. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Elective Rotation. To access my free download area with 20 different resources to help you in your practice, go to pharmacyjoe.com slash free. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Elective Rotation.